On today's show, are there such things as universal retirement truths? We know that retirement is a unique journey for each of us. The thought that there's a one-size-fits-all solution out there is a myth, but we can tell you that there are a couple of certain universal truths that can help guide every retiree. So on today's show, we're going to deep dive where we juxtapose the individuality of retirement plans with some of these foundational principles that remain consistent across the board. That's coming up on today's Today's edition of Reengineering Your Finances. Let's get to it. It's time for Reengineering Your Finances with the founder of CP Weldy Group, Charles Weldy. Welcome to another episode of Reengineering Your Finances. Walter Storholt here with Charles Weldy, financial advisor, of course, and the founder of CP Weldy Group. Uh, Charles is not only a certified financial planner, but also a CPA and helps merge those worlds of tax planning and financial and retirement planning all together to help you reach a successful conclusion in your retirement plan. Charles, it's good to be with you this week. You uh, enjoying this sort of like transition to fall time now? Yeah, I guess uh, I'm a big Eagles fan. So in another 10 days, the Eagles season starts and uh, they're projected to go to the Super Bowl, which, uh, you know, I mean, obviously it's going to be a tall (laughs) task, but uh, they got a great team this year. Yeah, going to be fun to watch them this season, I think. And uh, I, I love this time of year, obviously. I love it just for fall. But then when you throw football into the mix and the changing weather, it's just you can't beat it. So I feel like we probably talk about that every September here on the show, but it, it is what it is. We just love it when that uh, change of seasons happens and we get back to some football. So always so exciting. You, you just uh, recently moved to Colorado, correct? That's right. We, we just hit our, uh, our one year mark of being out here. So time flew. <laughs> so does that mean, does that mean you're a Denver Broncos fan now or? I don't know. We're, we're going to try and maybe catch a game this year. We'll see if we can find some reasonably priced tickets to, uh, right. to, a game at some point this year so i wouldn't say i'm a broncos fan though quite quite yet now gotcha i just like the sport i just like watching all the teams play and i don't know if i've got fandom you know toward one particular team a lot of chiefs fans out here uh oh really yeah there's a lot of people from kansas that uh, that relocate to colorado come here after school it seems like so a lot of chiefs fans in this neck of the woods too i mean sure plenty of broncos fans but the number two team out here is probably the chiefs i guess a lot of markets probably have had chiefs fans jump on board the the bandwagon the last couple of years though too so oh absolutely not super unique um i grew up a giants fan actually so you'll probably hate me for that charles oh no i mean i like the giants (laughs) i mean you know full disclosure i read the new york post every day i think that's an unbelievable paper i mean obviously it's more conservative than liberal but it really does balance you know both out you know nicely uh philadelphia inquire i haven't been able to read that in years i mean it's just too I'm going to get too political, but it's just too friggin' liberal for me, you know. So you're 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 not too uh, not too bad on the Philly New York rivalry. You're uh, that's more of a friendly rivalry for you. you don't hate uh, yeah, I mean, York. you know, I like the Mets, uh, but obviously the Phillies okay. are my team, and you know they got a good shot at going back to the World Series too. So all is fine in Philadelphia if you don't talk about the Flyers. Uh, <laughs> Flyers are not doing real well. And uh, I think uh, pretty much uh, all the other oh, Sixers, Sixers are kind of in disarray also, you know. 
Yeah. Well, at but, least the uh, Eagles can carry the water for a little bit. That'll yeah, help. absolutely. That'll be helpful this season. Well, great. Well, uh, glad that you are looking forward to uh, the next couple of months. Let's dive into these universal retirement truths, Charles. We've narrowed it down to five for today's episode, but folks, by no means is this a comprehensive list of retirement truths. But I think the five that we talk about today will be helpful for you to understand a little bit better and prepare for retirement some more. So, Charles, let's talk about diversification. And is it a universal retirement truth to say that diversification is pretty essential when it comes to risk management? Would you agree with that? I, I would tend to agree. I mean, what most people don't realize, or maybe they do realize it and they don't verbalize it, is that when you're diversified, chances are you're going to get a lower return than you would have gotten if you weren't diversified. Uh, it's kind of the analogy is kind of like baseball. I mean, if you go up looking for a home run every time, you're going to strike out quite a few times. But if you go up there looking for singles and doubles, you know, you tend to win the ball games in the long run. So diversification is really a key ingredient of risk management. I mean, when you think about it, you're getting lower highs because you're more diversified, but you're also getting lower lows. And most people, they don't have to hit home runs. You know, they don't want to strike out. So diversification is really a good you know, tool that people really should utilize in their portfolio, like, you know, each and every year, um, especially with static portfolios. And by static, Walter, I mean like, hey, you got people that retired, um, you know, not adding any more money to the account. They're pretty much taking money out as they need it to fill their income gap. And, uh, you know, being diversified, maybe give them a lower return in the long run. But, you know, m- most people don't need to make like eight, nine, 10 percent to, you know, kind of like not run out of money. In a static portfolio, the fact that at least on an annual basis, most of our clients' portfolios are being rebalanced, that's a good thing. That's that's diversification. I mean, if you're initially a 50-50 investor, 50% in stocks, 50% in fixed income, and the market goes up, and now you're 65 stock, 35 fixed income, you need to, quote, diversify and get back to that 50-50 balance yeah, probably in the long run, you're going to make less money, but you know it's going to be less risky. And really what people really want in retirement and really throughout their investing lifetime is risk-adjusted returns. And I always tell my clients, hey, you're going to get the return based upon the risks that you're willing to take. And just about you know from A to Z, most of our clients are well diversified. That's a really great point, Charles, and uh, that's good perspective, I think, too, on what diversification means and how, just like the definition of a financial advisor can have a wide a wide definition, so can that word diversification. So just go into the uh, process of planning for retirement with that knowledge as well. Let's talk about emotions. I think it's a pretty much a universal truth that emotions can be an investor's worst enemy. You've seen that happen to a lot of people, right? Absolutely. I mean, we're all wired the same. You know, we basically are real happy when the market's up and disappointed when it's down. But when you think about it, if I was a buyer of equities, someone that is still working and still has to accumulate a nest egg, I would probably be more happier or much happier when the market went down because I'm buying things at lower prices. Where someone who's retired, you know, when, you know, the market's down, they're kind of panicking. Some of them are because they're figuring, hey, you know what, you know, my account used to be X and now it's Y. Uh, It's down 30 percent. You know, is it going to last? So my thing is like emotions can really be segregated from your investment if you have a plan. And the plan that we've talked about on countless, you know, previous podcasts 
is the bucket plan. The bucket plan allows you to have a portfolio for income and a portfolio for growth. So if we know that we have, and I'm just using a number randomly, five, seven, 10 years worth of income in that you know conservative bucket that isn't going to go down by much and it's going to go up, you know, maybe not by a lot, but you know by enough to cover inflation, then the money that we segregate and put in that later bucket for growth, when, not if it goes down, we're not panicking because we know if history's any guide, it'll come back. The markets really do a couple things. They go up, down, and then they, they create new revenue. So, again, you know, uh, emotions are a big part of why people make mistakes. But if you have a plan and the plan is like, hey, instead of having one portfolio, maybe have two of them, one for income and one for growth, and that will lessen your fear when markets are down. You'll have a more consistent, you know, cash flow and a, maybe a, a more less anxious uh, retirement because you've got, you know, two portfolios in lieu of one. That's a good point, too, Charles. So there's our second universal retirement truth, emotions that can be your worst enemy. Keep them in check for sure. All right, this one's right in your wheelhouse, Charles. Our next universal retirement truth, tax implications matter a whole lot. Yeah, I think they do. And I, I want to give a shout out to uh, a fellow by the name of Dave Allison. He's a member of our group, and he created what they call the tax management journey, which is a really it's a seven step process to lower your taxes not only in retirement, but throughout your lifetime. But the key, the key takeaway from Dave's, you know, tax management journey for me was this one consumer piece. And it really just had three funnels. Funnel number one was your pre-tax money. And that's money that you put in your IRAs, 401ks, 403bs as you work for a government organization. But the, the, the point of that pre-tax account is that, hey, you're putting it in and you're getting a current tax deduction today. But sometime in the future, when you're required to take it out or when you decide to take it out, you're going to get taxed depending upon what your situation is. So the bulk of the people that I meet in my practice have most of their assets in that pre-tax account. And there's nothing bad or wrong with that. But if it's really too large, they're going to maybe find themselves in a higher bracket in retirement than they were when they were working. So funnel number one is pre-tax. Funnel number two is after-tax. And after-tax is just like a brokerage account but with after-tax dollars in it. So if I put 100 grand in there and it grows by, you know, 3% interest and maybe 3% dividends, at the end of the year I got 106 grand in there, not 100 because it grew by 6,000. Well, I'm currently taxed on that $6,000 cuz it's like after-tax money and we're taxed on the growth. And then lastly is that tax-free funnel and as a general rule, cash value life insurance or Roth IRAs are the two big, you know, components of that particular funnel. And the key, Walter, is like, hey, you shouldn't have all your eggs in one basket. If you had a plan done and strategically you could locate your assets according to their, you know, taxability, you know, there's studies that have been done that that indicate that the same amount of money will last quite a few years longer because you've actually like, you know, address the tax situation. So, you know, all money's not taxed the same. You have three funnels of money, pre-tax, post-tax, tax-free. And the prudent investor is, is someone who's aware of the tax consequences of withdrawing from each particular funnel. 
That's a really good point. And I know you could talk all day long about taxes and how it interacts with the overall retirement planning process. And you put that knowledge to great use when you build plans for folks. And it's a good chance to remind you if you have questions about planning for retirement and need some assistance and need to get some answers uh, regarding how you're going to better prepare for your financial future. Charles can help you with that. Here's the way to get in touch and set up a time to visit for an initial conversation and uh, consultation. 610-388-7705 is that number 6103887705 or go online to cpweldygroup.com we're going to link to that in the description of today's show so you can find it easily we've got two more universal retirement truths to cover on today's episode the next one charles is that retirement doesn't mean complete disengagement from work. Now, this may not be, I guess, completely universal. Some people will hit that retirement button and fully disappear, but at least it doesn't have to mean that anymore. No, it's 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 funny that you're mentioning that because I have a sister that retired. Uh, she was in a nursing profession. She retired right at, I guess, March of 2020. Plenty of money, you know, plenty of time. Um, you know, obviously she, for about a year, she was kind of tied up because nobody could go anywhere. But now I'm finding out that, you know, she's wondering like, hey, what's my purpose? Uh, you know, I can travel where I want, I can do what I want, but there's something missing. Like, what am I retiring to? So it opened up to me, you know, instead of being like, you know, math and science, dollars and cents, hey, really like get, getting clear with people, like, what are you retiring to? What's retirement gonna look like? Because, um, you know, there's people that get bored and uh, yeah, there's a part-time work available, obviously, but there's volunteer work also available. And my sister, just to, you know, complete that story, she goes to like third world countries and I guess, uh, what do they call them, clefs, C-L-E-S, I think, where people have um, a deformity around their nose or upper lip. And she volunteers her time to make sure that these uh, children get taken care of in terms of plastic surgery. So she's somewhat fulfilled doing that, but you can't do that 52 weeks a year. Yeah, that's a great point, too. So keep that in mind, that you've got a lot more flexibility these days when it comes to retirement and how to exit your working life. can take on many different shapes and forms. Good to remember that. I've been witnessing my own dad go through Charles over the last couple of months. He went through sort of a a formal retirement that turned into then staying on with the company and working part-time through the summer, doing some really cool, creative stuff that he never had the chance to do or the flexibility to do while he was working for the company. But it turned out to be a great deal for him and the company that he worked for. He got to stay on but reduce his hours and the amount of demand he was available every day. And this summer, he's helped them break into new markets and new territories as part of the deal. And he's going to be leaving them at the end of this fall with uh, in a great position, broken into a whole new market and territory set up for new routes. And pretty cool um, how he oh, was able to kind of... Yeah, leave. I mean, he left a great legacy working there, but then just in the last like five months, um, he'll leave a whole additional legacy for that company. And it obviously worked out beautifully for him uh, being able to kind of shape his summer work how he wanted to in his final year. So, yeah, that's a great story. I mean, it's amazing. Like, you know, most of us, that's our identity, like what we do for a living. And when we retire, we got to rediscover who we are and, you you know, what makes us tick. So uh, the fact that your dad kind of, you know, had a chance to continue on knowing that he didn't have to work, but they wanted him to work and he had a chance to be, you know, creative and 
and is leaving with a greater legacy. What what a you know what a wonderful story. Yep, and I think those opportunities are out there for more and more people these days, hopefully um, for, for many folks. All right, last but not least, let's touch on estate planning to end things here, Charles. And this is often an overlooked part of the retirement planning process, just because it's kind of so far in the future, at least feels that way for many people. And also a lot of people have this assumption that it's just for the wealthy. But we throw this into our conversation about universal retirement truths because that's just not the case. Estate planning isn't just for the wealthy, is it? No, not not at all. I mean, you can think of two alternative situations. Number one, you know, if you have a special needs child, you know, if you're no longer here and no one can take care of them, you have to have things set up in advance so that that child's taken care of throughout their the remaining life expectancy. So that's one instance. But a more, uh, I guess, um, what would the word be? More prevalent uh, you know, instance would be like, hey, the death of a spouse. I mean, the reality of it is, is like when one spouse passes away, the surviving spouse gets, you know, loses like the least of the two social security checks. So there's less income right off the get go. And then, you know, to compound the problem after the, you know, the year of death, they have to file a um, single return for the rest of their life. And basically the tax rates for single people are pretty much uh, the same rates, but on half the income. So less income, more taxes. Estate planning is really important for surviving spouses and not just the wealthy people to save, you know, estate taxes, but also, you know, those uh, uh, families that have a special needs uh, child that, you know, might need to be taken care of years after, you know, the parents pass away. Well, thanks for covering all of these universal retirement truths with us today, Charles. I'll remind you, if you have any questions for Charles and want to go through the planning process, don't forget he's not only a CPA, but also a certified financial planner, one of the highest designations you can achieve in the industry. Planning with your best interest in mind is at the heart of that uh, of that planning process. And so if you want to go through a full comprehensive plan or even just ask some initial basic questions, you can certainly do that by calling 610 or go online to cpweldygroup.com and we're going to put links and uh, that contact info in the description of today's show. Thanks Charles for the info today and for guiding us through and we'll look forward to another chat with you soon. Thank you Walter. All right, come back and join us for the next edition of Reengineering Your Finances. For Charles Weldy, I'm Walter Storholt. See you next time. Financial planning and advisory services are offered through Prosperity Capital Advisors, PCA, an SEC-registered investment advisor. Registration as an investment advisor does not imply a certain level of skill or training. The CP Weldy Group and PCA are separate, non-affiliated entities. PCA does not provide tax or legal advice.